Welcome to the Artelligence Podcast. I'm Marion Manneker, and we're going to explore the mysteries of the global art market. Paul, you run a company that started in Australia called Art Money that uh, provides collectors a way to buy art from a dealer but pay over time. Could you give me a sort of a brief explanation about how it works? Yeah, absolutely. Well, how it works is very simple. We partner with galleries to provide uh, a payment plan for collectors. And so uh, the payment plan is interest-free. Instead of paying upfront, you pay off over 10 payments and we pay the gallery within 10 days. Uh, so the whole thing uh, is enabled by uh, us partnering with the galleries. We receive a discount for, for the sale and that enables the payment to be interest-free over 10 months for the collector. So it's a win-win because the buyer gets to take the work home and pay it off over 10 months, the gallery gets paid within 10 days, and the artist can get paid. And who generally takes this kind of um, arrangement? Is it something that the collector asks for from the dealer, or is it something that the dealer presents to collectors? Well, it's both. Uh, about half of our customers find out through the gallery, and about half find out through our own marketing and our own channels, or at an art fair, for example. In terms of the kind of people that are using art money, it's really interesting. It, it's, it's actually less about affordability and more about enabling and uh, being responsible and uh, people feeling comfortable and, and responsible about this way to buy art. So we've got about a third of our customers buying their first work of art ever. They may have bought from a charity auction or directly from an artist, but they're buying their first work of art ever from a commercial gallery. On the other hand, at the other end of the scale, we've got about a third that are just regular collectors uh, buying frequently and just feeling more in control and using art money to just manage their payments and feeling more responsible, more in control and just like buying this way. And where did this um, arrangement come from? You are Australian and the company started in Australia. Uh, were you originally in the finance business? No, not at all. I was, <laughs> a lot of investors ask me that. I, I was in the art business. I slam in the art business. Uh, I've had, I have a 26-year business still in Australia, and uh, that business is all about increasing engagement with art. And so uh, in that journey, through publishing and events, um, through apps and festivals that I ran, all about increasing engagement with art and bringing more people into art. And I felt that there were many barriers to entry, many things stopping people getting into art and more people, I thought, uh, want to be involved and engage in the art market and to buy art than are being allowed. The marketplace is not, in an economic sense, working working perfectly. So, so I wondered if I could do something about that. And uh, I looked at uh, models in other industries and uh, find that there are many things that are preventing this engagement um, with art and finance is only one of them, but uh, nevertheless finance is a, can be a big one. And uh, there are models in other industries, in fact every other industry that we can think of has a finance option, but this has never come to the art world. So the art world makes it hard by making you pay up front or there's unofficial payment plans that the industry knows uh, and uses, but really nobody's happy with those arrangements. So essentially what we did was we took successful commercial practice from other industries and brought it to the art world, but in an art world way, in an art world sense, so we're very supportive with galleries, we partner with galleries, we help bring new customers to them, we help 
buyers engage with art and, and introduce them to the ways to buy art and where they can, how they can be involved. We partner with art fairs, so we're very much doing that, this holistically from within the art world and supporting the art world and growing the, growing the size of the market. There are, there are, sorry, there are a few, there are three government funded programs like this in the world, uh, which to us effectively prove the demand, but uh, they are government funded, so if the government funding stops, then they fall over tomorrow. So we wanted to create a commercially sustainable version of this, uh, hence art money. Did you come at this by discovering the government uh, funded programs, or did you start this and then realize that uh, there were models that people had already been uh, trying? That's a really good question. Now, I, I started it by thinking there has to be a solution to this issue of uh, it being difficult for people to buy art. I mean, on the one hand, people want to buy art. They love art and they want to, they want to buy it. They want to find a way to, to say yes. And on the other hand, there are galleries and artists have creative and commercial imperatives to, to sell work. So these two parties weren't meeting. And, and I, I suppose I, in my 26-year business, I saw a lot of this um, uh, dysfunction, I suppose, in, in not enabling, you know, that these two parties wanted the same outcome but weren't getting together. And in, in thinking about how this could be solved, then the finance side, the money side was one part of that. And in looking at that, doing some more research around that, I, I discovered both the commercial industry models and the art world models uh, funded, those three funded by government. So you talked earlier about an unofficial form of financing provided by the dealers, which, by which I assume you mean the dealer says, you can pay me some now or maybe uh, a little in, in three and six months, and then the dealer ends up essentially turning themselves into a finance company, whether they realize it or not. Absolutely. So if you're an art world insider, then, and this is one of my bugbears, personal bugbears with the industry, that there's insiders and, and not. Uh, but if you're an art world insider, you know very well that you can ask for a payment plan. You can go in and negotiate or ask to pay a work off over six months, three months, 12 months. Uh, it varies a lot. Now, that is a common practice to a huge degree in, in the industry. And it's common practice because there are no other market mechanisms. And uh, everybody really hates that process. It's a workaround. The collector doesn't get to take the work home. The gallery doesn't get paid. The artist doesn't get paid. The artist, the, the gallery has to store the work. There's an awkward conversation every one, month about money. So it's just awkward all around. It's a, it's a really a major workaround. And, and very much what Art Money does is just make that transparent and third party. It's, it's a similar process, but it's a win-win because the gallery and the artist get paid. The buyer can take the work home as opposed to this awkwardness and, and the situation where everyone's uncomfortable with, uh, even though it's become a bit of a, a de facto. You also mentioned that um, there's uh, an issue with if the uh, loan uh, or payment plan not being about being able to afford it. I think one of the things that people assume is if someone can't write a check uh, or immediately for the work of art, it must be because they can't afford the work of art. That's a really interesting question and, and it, it does go to the heart of a lot of it because that's right, everyone's first assumption is this is for people that can't afford it. Uh, we lend up to 50,000 and the, sorry, we lend up to 30,000 and at that level, 
actually, when you drill down into the numbers, 90% of our customers absolutely can afford to buy the work. However, what Art Money is doing is it's, it's, it's a psychological enabler. It helps them get over the line. It helps them feel responsible about the purchase. So it helps to get them to yes. So I say that the heart often says yes, and now the head can say yes as well. But it's very much a psychological enabler rather than an affordability issue. Because very few people have thirty, fifty thousand dollars lying around, and if they were going to write a check for that tomorrow, they would either have to sell an investment, move money from an account, explain to their spouse, significant other, why they're doing those that moving, rather than be able to just say, "Oh, I'll pay a little bit each month and out of my regular income, and everything will be fine." Well, even if they do have that money lying around, it still doesn't. For many people, even though they love art, there, there is still that argument, yes, whether it's with yourself or your spouse or your partner, and, and this is just a way of being responsible about it, being in control about it. It's, it's a way of managing it and, and doing it in a way that people are doing in every other aspect of their lives. So it's very much a powerful psychological enabler. Uh, and tell me, let's go back to the dealer side of it. What is this, uh, how does this appeal to the dealers? What specific parts of this? That they just don't have to you know, keep track of how much money is out there and make those phone calls? Or is there something, uh, or, or that they get paid immediately and get the full uh, amount and, you know, in whatever, month one, rather than month 10? Well, all of the above. I think most dealers didn't go into business to be a finance service. And it allows them to do what they're good at and what they like doing, which is connecting art with buyers. And Yes, they do get paid, so it's a cash flow issue. Uh, yes, it, we have many dealers saying that they're not even going to offer a repayment plan anymore because Art Money is such a, a better solution be, for it because it's more transparent, it's easier. They don't have to make those calls, they get the money up front. So it, it is absolutely a, a economic solution as well, but it, it's very much a, allowing the dealers, the galleries, to do what they want to do and take the pain away. So, so yes, it's, it's, it really fills a need and I suppose that need is evidenced by the fact that there are so many payment plans going on as part of, uh, you know, in, in the art market. And you have launched here in the United States um, this autumn, uh, at first at an art fair? Yes, Expo Chicago. So we, I met with Tony Carmen a year ago, and Tony was uh, one of the many people that really switched onto this straight away. Uh, he really got it, and he was very supportive. And when we were looking at timing and where and when to launch, uh, a partnership with Expo Chicago made sense because partly, uh, partly to uh, as, a, as a partnership with Tony, but also because Expo Chicago is a is a great fair, but it's not too big for us, it's not too small, and so it was a, it was a great space to, uh, a great place to launch our art money in the US. And so we've done that really as a soft launch and then we're, we're going out from here. And where is going out from here? Oh, okay, so <laughs> we have, we're based in New York. Uh, we have uh, five key states, uh, but really we're a national, national business, uh, but uh, based in New York and uh, rolling out from there. But any, so are you rolling out through art fairs, rolling out through gallery partnerships, all of the above? I mean, how, how, how does it work? The, uh, uh, the idea sounds like a, a good one, but how do you get traction on the ground? Yeah, absolutely. So we're, we partner with galleries. So the first step is to uh, formally partner and sign up with galleries. 
Uh, once they do that, they are free to use that in, in, the, um, in the gallery or, or at an art fair. So art fairs are a big, uh, a, I suppose, a big focused peak for us. Uh, however, galleries can sell it year round. So a buyer can come into a gallery and the transaction can happen in 10 minutes from start to finish, or the buyer can go home and think about it, apply online, and then come back to the gallery and, and complete the purchase that way. Or it can happen at an art fair start to finish in 10 minutes. So it's really, yes, art fairs are um, focused peak opportunities for us and therefore art fair partnerships are very important to us, which is why we'll be at IFPDA in a couple of weeks and we partner with NADA for Miami in December. So yes, art fairs, but yes, also gallery spaces every day. Uh, the other thing we're doing is, I suppose, building an international business. So, for example, having launched in Australia and New Zealand, then a customer from Australia or New Zealand can go online and purchase from a US gallery or vice versa. And the currencies are taken care of. And so as we build the business and grow it, it becomes an inter international business. You mean go online? You mean they can uh, make an online purchase or they can email the gallery uh, who has a relationship with you as well and say, hey, can we work this out through art money? They can basically go online and get an art money approval. They still purchase the work from the gallery, so the gallery still sells the work to the client. However, the customer can go online and say, yes, I want to buy this work with art money. And for example, uh, a New Zealand customer can pay in New Zealand dollars. And if it's a purchase from an Australian gallery, then we'll pay the Australian gallery in Australian dollars. They still have to ship the work and do that, work that out between them. But uh, yes, international purchases or international art tourism um, can be facilitated through art money. So at this level, you know, the $30,000, $50,000 level, we're talking mostly primary uh, market work or I suppose some secondary market work from, you know, uh, uh, current artists or uh, undervalued artists. Uh, do you see staying in that bracket or is this, um, you know, something that you want to build out of to higher value uh, sales? Well, it's interesting. We, we have a very core focus at the moment. It's a very simple process, a very simple product. Uh, it, it's, everyone understands it. Instead of paying $10,000, you pay $1,000 a month. Instead of paying $20,000, you pay $2,000 a month. So we like the simplicity. We like starting with the core. What the future holds, yes, we have some plans and ideas, but that's, that's for down the track. It's one step at a time for us. Uh, but essentially, it's the first thing is to get awareness and uh, around, our, around our current model. And the 10 months, is that set in stone? Uh, well, look, again, we probably will look to change that in the future. Many people have said they'd like to pay it off earlier. Some people do pay it off earlier. And interestingly, the reason they pay it off earlier is often because they want to buy another artwork, so, and, but they only want to have one on the go at each time. On the other hand, other people are happy to have four or five on the go at one time, and we have that at the moment in Australia. So it's, again, it's very much about the psychology and, and art money as an enabler, allowing people to do what they want to do. See, I was thinking in the other direction. I was thinking if you make a larger purchase and if you go up um, in, into the higher uh, brackets, then people may want to uh, extend it more than 10 months to, to keep the payments uh, uh, lower but still accommodate a larger purchase. Look, we wouldn't say no. It's not on the radar for the short term, but you never say never. And that's a potential product development that, that there's a lot of ways this could go, and that's certainly one of them, but uh, not for tomorrow.
So it's a bit like, you know, like a car lease. You've got uh, one set uh, formula, but if the, there's the market for uh, a different one, a 48-month lease, as opposed to a 36-month one, you'll look at it as... Absolutely. It wouldn't be hard to do, and uh, many galleries have said have asked for that in fact already so look it is something we're looking at but uh, I wouldn't like to say public it's a publicly it's a, a firm direction for us at this stage well what what is it you're hearing from the galleries um, uh, here in the United States what is it they want that is different from what you already provide in Australia I don't know that it is too different what we're hearing is that this is such a simple idea why hasn't this come to the art world before. We're hearing, this is great, I didn't go into business to be a financier. Well, let's, let's go back. This is a, such a simple idea. Why hasn't it come to the art world before? Well, look, I think there's essentially cultural and historical reasons for that. Uh, art and money, art and finance uh, haven't always been the most um, happy bedfellows and uh, they're, there is a lot of, so look, there's a lot of cultural issues in culture change around this. It's actually, is it an art business? Is it a finance business? It's actually about culture change. And um, I think the art world has perhaps rightly been suspicious of finance companies. We're not a finance company, we're an art business and we are working with art businesses and art people to make this happen. And I, I believe that's why we're succeeding. Uh, the, other, the other side of that is that is that there are being a finance uh, element to it there's a lot of regulation there's a lot of um, dealing with banks is not easy um, so there are actually a lot of hurdles in the execution of this it's not easy to bring this to, to life to actually execute it so I, I think just you know a lot of people have had the idea but actually executing it getting it through all those all those government regulations and dealing with the banks and so on, that's actually not so easy. They, they like to say about um, you know, uh, uh, software businesses that the trick of it is to make something very complex seem really easy. And, and there's where the value of the software is, is you know, taking something that's very hard to do but making the user feel like it's dead easy, simple, elegant. So if you're making it easy for the dealer to provide um, financing, how about on the other side? Is this a difficult process? Is the due diligence that the um, uh, a collector goes through onerous in any way? For the collector? Look, the collector goes online and five to ten minutes, five minutes later gets an approval. Very occasionally there's a referral and we do a, a review and a deeper dive, but generally speaking most people get approved online, so you put in a few personal uh, financial details, you, we grab your FICO score, uh, there's an algorithm around approval for that, but generally the vast majority of people get approved online, it all happens in the background, and it, it's a very simple process. People, people do it on their phones, you know, people stand, we've had people at art fairs and people at galleries stand, stand in front of the work, do, do the application process on their phone, five minutes later they're approved and two minutes after that they're walking out with the work. So I don't have to pre-qualify. I don't have to go through something where I wait 10 days while you've checked me out before I can go in and actually... Absolutely not. Absolutely not. There are two stages of the application, one which is a general approval and then you link it to a specific work and a specific gallery. So for example, if you're going to an art fair, we encourage a pre-approval because then you 
you can decide and have that conversation about what's your budget and, and so on before you go to the fair. And then when you go to the fair, you've made the decision, you have the funds available should you choose to use them. And then it's really just a matter of what do you see? Do you see something you like or do you like this one or that one? And, and that's a much nicer conversation to have than standing in front of work going, oh, are we being responsible? Can we afford it? Are we doing the right thing? So, so the pre-approval does work in that sense, but whether the pre-approval is uh, split from the actual buying side or whether they are happen at the same time is up to the customer. You've talked in the past about there being a social element to this, that the, the business kind of spreads through the customer base. Could you just explain what you mean by that? Well, we have a very loyal following. We have 96% or so of our customers say that they would absolutely refer it to a friend. I think because we're such an enabler, we allow people to say yes, as they say, their head can say yes, which follows their heart. Um, it is a powerful, we have a very loyal customer base and a very uh, vocal customer base, and whether that's on social media, which we're just kicking off really in the States, but whether it's on social media or, or through, um, through other networks and, and art groups or whatever, we have, we have advocates, which is, a lovely thing for us. We have advocates at every level and as I said we have some really high-end collectors who choose to support us by using art money to, to uh, use this because they love the idea of supporting the industry. Um, but, but yes, we're very fortunate that because we are, I believe, an enabler for people to, to engage with and buy art that uh, people, people love getting involved with that. You mentioned earlier these government-run programs. What's been their experience? I mean, are, do a lot of people default on these loans? Uh, do they create problems for the, the dealers in any way? No, there's no problems for the dealers. And generally, the government-funded programs have found that they've had a zero default rate. And uh, they, this is over tens of thousands of loans. So uh, in the UK in particular, the program there um, has been running for about 12 years, they report zero defaults. They were started uh, very much at the low end, up to 2,000 pounds, and that was as a, uh, social, as a social good, supported by the Arts Council, um, to allow more people to engage with art. And yes, ironically, you'd think uh, a lower demographic would potentially have more potential for default. Also, just a low-value item, people would be less concerned about having to pay it off, and so, or or a non-essential item. You know, if you if you can't pay for the car, uh, you know, make your car payments. Are you going to make your art payments? This is right. Well, this is right, and this is why again, it's it's sometimes less about logic and more about uh, about psychology, and uh, particularly when it comes to art and and. Uh, I think we're lucky in the art world that people are strongly engaged and strongly motivated and strongly connected with art. And as I say, because we're an enabler, uh, we, we, we help that process. And that's why really, it, it, it sounds trite, but it really is a win-win. Uh, win for artists, win for galleries, and win for buyers. With that, Paul, I can't think of a better place to stop. Thank you for taking the time to talk with us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Artelligence Podcast. Visit us at artmarketmonitor.com. 